glorify your name in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That's what God told us in these two verses in Ephesians chapter 2, starting out with these two words, Wherefore, remember. And that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to remember where we came from before Christ got us. That's what we're going to look at. <clears throat> we're going to look at our starting place. You know, back here in Acts, if you want to turn to Acts chapter 10, verses 9 through 15. I think, Josh, did I give you that? Don't hang on a second. I'll, you read it here. Josh is going to stand and read those, those few verses there. Uh, we're going to read, there's a story here in Acts chapter 10. There was a, a, a godly man, a God-fearing Gentile centurion, okay, named Cornelius. And he was just doing his devotions or praying to God or the best he knew how. Uh, and, 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 and God came, sent, talked to him and told him to go uh, find Paul. And Paul was, or Peter, was it Peter or Paul? Peter. Peter. And Peter was somewhere and he, and he got tired and he, fell asleep, and, and he had this dream. And, uh, and, and God spoke to him and instructed Peter. He transformed Peter in that, that dream. Peter was one way when he went into this dream, and he was a different way when he came out of this dream. God transformed him through that dream. He, God showed Peter something that Peter needed to know because something did change with Christ. Uh, the way it was before Christ was not the way it was after Christ. <laughs> so... Uh, Josh, go ahead and stand and read that. <clears throat> on the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into the ground and saw heaven open and certain vessels sitting unto him, as if a great sheep knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. That call not thou common. Peter was, uh, 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 he was obeying God's word with that. By not eating, he was doing what God told him not to do. But you see, Christ came and it changed. Now God was saying, these people that were common, that's you and me, by the way. There's, I, I don't think there's very many Jews in here. I don't know if there are or not, but more than likely not. We're all Gentiles. We were just common. Remember, wherefore, remember where you, you were common. You were a heathen Gentile. You are a heathen Gentile. You're common. Profane. Stay away from. That's where you came from. Okay? <clears throat> so God's telling us to remember where we came from. God's telling us, look, look where you came from. Now, let's go back to Ephesians chapter 2 again. And, and verses... Uh, one through three. Listen to this. And you hath he quickened, 
who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. That's who you were. That's where you came from. That's what God wants us to look at. See, they, look, let's go down through this and look at this. If we gave a list of, our, of, of who, who and what we are before Christ... This is what you come up with. A heathen, Gentile, far off, you're a foreigner, you're unclean, you're common, what, uh, you're dead, you're dead in trespasses and sins, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, the devil, you walked according to the devil, you're children of disobedience, you're, you follow the lust of the flesh, you fulfilled the desires of the flesh, you fulfilled the desires of the mind, by nature you're children of wrath, you're uncircumcision, you're aliens, you're strangers from the, co from the, the covenants and promises, having no hope and without God, in this world. That's where we came from. And that's where God says, wherefore, remember. There's nowhere to go but up from there, <laughs> literally. There's nowhere to go but up. We were the bottom of the barrel. That's where we came from. And I'm telling you, you were talking about the devil this morning. I, the devil is something. You know, when you're a kid, you think the devil's like a boogeyman. You know, he's behind telephone poles and bushes and stuff like that. And at night, you got to kind of see if there's eyes under the bed or something like that. You know, and, you know, you know, that's not what the devil is. That's not how he fights. That's not him at all. You know where he fights? You know where he, you know where he gets us? Just right here. That's it. He can't throw a stick across the yard and hit you in the side of the head. He doesn't make you trip and fall down the stairs. That's not what he can do. That's not what he does. It's all right here, and that's it. But that, see, this is what happens. God says, wherefore, remember. The devil's going to do everything he can to get you not to remember where you came from. And he's going to get you thinking that you came from a little higher pedigree than what you actually came from. Because then when you're a little higher, you can expect a little better treatment. And when you don't get it, there's going to be some trouble. So God tells us to remember. So what are, you know, one thing I would like to do is not leave it there. This is what we were, because the Bible says this is what you were. Let's look at what we are. Just a few things. Just a few things. Because, and by the way, these aren't things that we've earned. These are things that were purchased for us and given as a gift. So let's look at it. They're right here in Ephesians chapter 2. It's all right here. We can just read it. So let's go to verse. Uh, did I get, does somebody have Ephesians 2, 4 through 10 or no? I don't think you do. Did I give any of you guys that? 2, 4 through, okay. I'll go ahead and read this. So let's look at what we are now. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherein he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 
that in the ages to come he might shew the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us. Isn't that word good, kindness? God is kind to you. He's kind. He's God. He doesn't have to be kind to anybody. But he's kind to you. In his kindness towards us through Christ, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath foreordained that we should walk in them. Move down here a few verses, and let's look at this. Is, this is the one that's going to... Sam, do I need to stop for you? You're not... <laughs> Listen to verse 13. Read it with me. But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. I'm telling you what, that, that, that word, that makes some people nervous. They don't like that blood religion thing. That's kind of gross. This is this blood thing? I don't, you don't understand the necessity of that blood. Says so that's where we're moving next. I said this is going to be a circuit because now we started out remembering where we came from and looking at what we are. Now we're going to move around to how we got to where we are. And that is through the blood. So let's go down now. This is where the men, you guys got these verses, I think. We are made. So how did, how did God move us from the bottom of the barrel to his sons? According to verse 13, it's by the blood. It didn't have anything else listed in that verse. It was just the blood. The blood is what did that. So let's look at this blood. Who's got, uh, or no, I better read. Did I give Exodus 12 to somebody? Okay, let's go to Exodus 12. I think I did. Somebody does have it, don't they? Nobody's got Exodus 12? All right, let's go to Exodus. Exodus chapter, I'm sorry, if I'm, if I'm getting too, Hyper, yeah, just, just try to overlook it. I just, you know, there's nothing like singing good Christmas songs to get rid of that COVID. It just, it just works it out because you just, Christmas songs, you know all the words, you know. I mean, just know, so you can really belt them out, you know. So it ah, just clears you out. Get rid of that COVID. All right, so Exodus chapter 12 and verse 21 and 23. This, you know, that... I like reading the Bible. I'm telling you, I just love reading the Bible and, and the different, but reading about the blood, especially here in Exodus 12, where we, we, we got the blood. I just like reading that. Let's, let's just read it. Okay. Uh, 21 and 20 through 23. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And ye shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel of the two sides of the post and the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through and smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood on the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the, the destroyer to come in unto your house to smite you. Right there is a picture of what we just read in Ephesians. The Egyptians, that death angel, or I've heard that he was going to visit them. The people here that had the blood on it, he was going to pass over them. 
That's a picture of what we're talking about tonight. You came from the bottom of the barrel. You were a heathen Egyptian. You were the one that was going to be judged. And that, that death angel was going to come. And then God, by the blood of Christ, that, that application. Do we have a red one here? We got a green one, but that's not going to work. We'll just pretend this is red. It's just a... a and there. And that, that blood was applied on, on the, the lintel and the two side posts. And when God's, the, the, the Spirit saw that blood, he'd pass over. And judgment would not fall on that house. This is a picture of you and me right here. This is the gospel story, plain and clear. It had to take blood. Ask me why it was blood. I, I mean, we're going to look at that. We're going to look at verses. Some people may, well, why would it have to be blood? Because that's what God said. And that's what it took. And it wasn't just any blood. Because the blood of bulls and goats could never do this. This is the blood of God's son. And this is us. This is is why we should be happy. Because there's no way we could have ever done that. All right, so this is where we're going to start with these. Let me go up here and read Exodus up uh, at verses 12 and 13. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Praise God for the blood. Praise God for the blood. We don't have to worry about God's judgment. Death, where is thy sting? It's gone. Death, physical death, is simply a door into eternity. We're not, we're, our eternal life is now. We don't live and die and then get a life again. We're eternal right now. And death is simply a door we walk through to go on to the next side. Praise God for what he's done for us. Remember where you came from. You don't deserve this. We're the bottom. We're heathen. We're, we're, we're sinners. There's no reason we should have this. None. Why the blood? Leviticus 17.11. Who's got that? Why the blood? Because God said so. It's the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. For the soul. Hebrews 9, 22. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. Without the blood, there's no remission. Right. Your sins cannot be remitted without the blood. That's Bible. That's God's law. Ephesians 1, 7. Can you read that again, Sam? We have I love that word redemption. Bought back. You've been purchased. And what was the price of that purchase? What did it cost? The blood of God's son. He, he, he spared no cost. 
to buy you. Remember that. You were the bottom. You couldn't go lower than what you, where you were. And he paid the highest price he could pay to buy you back. Is it? That's good news. That is good news. Praise God, I'm telling you. You know, this election is getting smaller and smaller in my eyes. It just doesn't matter. God bought me. Who cares about the election? You know what I mean by that. It just, it just pales in comparison. Praise God. I'm going to be with him forever in eternity. And until that time comes, he's given me some work to do here. Most of it has to do right here. <laughs> now, I don't want you doing that. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Anyway, did we read all those verses? I think we did. All right. I'm going to go after this. I hate this. You know, Lester Roloff used to talk about uh, being a, what was he, a, a hound dog for God? I don't know. He just sick. He'd go after sin. Here's one of these things. I just, I'll kick this dog every time I go by it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Who's got Ephesians? Two, eight, and nine. Who's got Titus three, five through seven? Amen. Amen. Not by works of righteousness. It's not by what you and me did. This is one of the biggest lies Satan's put out there. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. This is a lie. Do you know how many people are on their greasy way to hell because they believe this right here? My good works are going to put in over here and my bad works are going to be put over here and whichever one weighs more is where I'm going. That's a lie. That's not true at all. It's not by works of righteousness. You got no works of righteousness. This is a lie from the devil. You're, you, you don't, it ain't happening. It's, it's not found anywhere in Scripture. Nowhere is your salvation connected with one of these. Unless you remove yourself from the picture and you understand that it's only what Christ did in here is what takes care of this. You inject yourself into this contraption, you're, you're, you're going to lose. Now, it's not even close. It's not by works of righteousness. It's not by works. I, I hate this thing. I, there's so many people I know that believe this, and they just believe it. If this could be possible then tell me why Christ died. If this could actually work, there's no reason that he had to die. This is an impossibility. Let's look at why. Who's got Romans 3.10? None. A big none. 
There's none righteous. None means none. Not you, not me, not anybody. There's none righteous. None righteous. Isaiah 64, 6. Rags. So are you going to put your righteousnesses over here? You're going to need a pretty big basket for those rags. Because that's all you got. There's nothing, nothing that we have but rags. It's not in our possession. Filthy rags. Rags that are, you, you ever get those guys out in the garage? You get that rag you just won't get rid of. I mean, you use it. <laughs> I mean, you got grease on your hands. You use that rag. Your hands are dirtier when you're done with it. You just won't get rid of that rag. It's got a little quarter that's still got something good enough. Throw that thing out. <laughs> oh, man, I got a bunch of those things. That's what we got. Nothing but filthy, useless, mouse-eating rags. Nothing. We came from the bottom. And there's no way for us to go up except by the blood. Who's got James 2.10? Here's a guy. And he's hanging by his 10-link chain over hell. How many links need to break? Just one. You think you're going to keep the law and get to heaven? According to that scripture, all it takes is one and you're going down. All that work you did to keep all those other ones profited you nothing. It just takes one to be guilty. And you're gone. You know, this... This thing's a lie. It's a lie from the devil. It's a lie from the devil. There's one way. There's one hope that we have, and that's by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And it's already all done. Amen. And there's nothing we need to do. There's nothing we can do. It's already been paid for. It's just to get... You know, we've heard this over and over and over. As Christians, we've heard this message, and there's a danger in familiarity with it, where it just doesn't mean what it should. But this, in this message that God gave me, he started out at remember where you came from. He's moved us to the blood. And now he's going to bring us back around. Uh, well, we're going to look at uh, that, that by faith. Who's got Galatians 3.11? It's only by faith. James 2.19. An intellectual belief that God exists is not what we're talking about. It's by faith. It's a heart thing. You can believe that God exists. You can have that intellectual understanding. But remember this. 
at that great white throne judgment. Jesus did not say, depart from me, you never knew me. He did not say that. He, I'll say it again. He does not say, depart from me, you never knew me. He doesn't say that. He says, depart from me, I never knew you. This is by faith. I'm being signaled there. <laughs> you talking to me, Joel? All right, I got to go. I got nine minutes here. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Who did I give that to? So then faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Hearing by the word of God. So if it's by faith, where do you get faith? It says it right there. You get faith by hearing. Okay, well, you got to get hearing from somewhere. Where do you get that? According to that verse, you get hearing from this right here. We're not talking about a physical ear. We know where we hear here. We're talking about the faith hearing. And that, that hearing comes from right here, from God's word. you got to get in God's word. Jer okay, this is where we're going to come around. You know, I was doing my Bible reading the other day, and I was over in Jeremiah. We're going through Jeremiah. And, you know, there's this, there's this chapter there. And it was kind of strange because it's a, oh, a five-verse chapter in Jeremiah. Jeremiah's a pretty big book. It's a little tiny chapter. And it's kind of odd because it was, you know, you're reading through it. All of a sudden, this, this five-verse chapter plunks down in there. And it's like out of context. And I'm like, what was this all about? So I looked into a little bit more, and then God said today when I was putting this together, he said, I want you to include that in this message here. I want you to put this right at the end because this is what I want. This is the message in this five-verse chapter. So we're going to read it. Jeremiah chapter 45. I'm going to read it because we got to go fast. The word that Jeremiah the prophet spake unto the Baruch, the son of Neriah, when he had written these words in a book at the mouth of Jeremiah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, unto thee, O Baruch. So this chapter is written to a guy, Baruch. Thou didst say, woe is me now, for the Lord hath added grief to my sorrow. I fainted in my sighing, and I find no rest. Thus shalt thou say unto him, the Lord saith thus, Behold, that which I have built I will break down, and that which I have planted I will pluck up, even this whole land. And seekest thou great things for thyself? Seek them not. Behold, I will bring evil upon all. All flesh, saith the Lord, but thy life will I give unto thee for a prey in all places whither thou goest. Baruch was Jeremiah's scribe. So that means he was a, a, a learned young man. He knew how to write. He knew how to read. He, was, he had some qualifications. But Baruch was upset because he had done all this work. He had, he had written stuff, and he'd even gone and spoken for Jeremiah before the king, reading the things that Jeremiah, uh, that he translated from Jeremiah, transcribed from Jeremiah. And then the king threatened him and chased him, and almost they're after his head. He had to run and hide, and he barely escaped. So he's doing the will of God, and he's getting persecuted. Not only that, but now God's going to come and destroy the nation. He, what about all his schooling? What about my future? What about all, Lord, this can't happen. I had all this stuff right in front of me, Lord, and now you're taking it. God rebuked Baruch for that. Seekest thou good things for thyself? Watch out for that. 
Because that's where the devil's going to get you. When you put more an overemphasis on the things that this world can give you, it'll get you out of kilter. God's providence, God's will in the history of this world is more important than your career. It's more important than your marriage, young people, than the family that you want. I know that's a tall order, but it's so. Watch out for the error that Baruch got in. One way we can do that is remembering where we came from. Because when you remember where you came from, you won't expect so much. Anything above where you came from is better. We're as a nation, we're heading into something that's scary. Young people, marriage might not be a possibility for you where this country's going. <clears throat> Careers, pff, get ready to get a hoe and a shovel because gardening's about, I don't know, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm just saying we don't know what's coming. In, in Baruch's day, God was judging that nation and it was all going. There was no career for that man. He had nothing to look forward to but running. Running and being a, a captive. But God promised him something. He said, I'm going to give you your life. I'm going to spare your life. But it's not going to be easy. Because I'm going to, when, God judge, when, God, when God pours out his judgment on this nation, it's not going to be easy for the Christians and hard on the sinners. It's going to be hard on everybody. And one way we can avoid what Baruch was doing was to remember where we came from and just be thankful we're not there anymore. And this world is not going to last forever. You know, it's been a hard four years for me. It's been a hard four years for me and my family. It's been hard, real hard. And, and you know, I'm not going to spread my woes on you, but it's been tough. <clears throat> Without God's grace, I wouldn't be here, that's for sure. <clears throat> I went home this summer and helped my dad. He's got lung cancer. They gave him six months to a year six months ago. So uh, he couldn't, he, he's a farmer. He likes, he, it's, it's his life. I mean, farming is what he lives for. He, I mean, there's no better place than being on a tractor for him. He just loves. <laughs> he couldn't do much this summer. And that's why I was there so long. Dang, this is this is bad. But he, uh, I, uh, he'd go out. Uh, he couldn't do much. He couldn't even hold the guard. I mean, he couldn't do anything. He'd go out there and put a lawn chair next to the garden and sit there. <laughs> He just loves farming. Anyway, I was up there, and I, I was doing the hay. I was kind of head, heading up the whole thing where he still does square bales and stuff like that. And we had a neighbor kid up there helping. Anyway, he, uh, it, it was getting time for me to leave, and there was like 15 bales 
their outside row, Pastor, anybody who's done hay, you know, outside row, doesn't dry worth a hoot. And I bailed it too soon, and, and they were wet bales. They were too heavy. So what you do is you take them, you break them up, and you make a row out of them again, you know, and you, on a sunny day, and you let them dry, and you rebale it. That's how you keep it from getting dusty. And so that's what I did. I, I mean, it was a partly sunny day. It was warm enough. I laid them all out. One black cloud, one stinking black cloud. I'm telling you what, it wasn't any bigger than this. It comes, and I see it coming from over there, and, it's, and it makes its way right over me. I'm telling you, 200 yards that way, I could see where the rain stopped. 200 yards that way, I could see where the rain stopped. And, it was, and that thing came over and parked right over my bales. I just spent an hour breaking those stupid things up and shaking them out. And, and that little cloud came over and rained for about 15 minutes. I mean, poured one cloud on that hay. I was, I was mad. I, no, I'm not kidding. I was mad. I was mad. I went in the barn and I, I was blaspheming. I, I'm telling you what, I'm, I'm, I don't know how God didn't send a bolt down on me. I was mad. I mean, now remember, I've been having a tough time for four years now. So this isn't like one time thing. The devil's been, I mean, it's been tough. And, it, it just, and I just wanted to make sure everything was done and up, up tight before I left with my parents like that. I know it's only 15 bales, but I just didn't want to leave any loose ends. And then this happens. And it was so clear that God did this because there's no way 200 yards, 200 yards, one cloud, 15 minutes, inch and a half of rain. That's God. He did it on purpose. <sighs> I went in and I was, I was complaining to my dad and my parents. And I, I really was. I, I was pouring my heart. I was just complaining and complaining about God. And my father, he's, sit, <laughs> he's sitting over there. I'm over in the kitchen with my mom. He's sitting on the bench and the door, the back door comes in here and there's a coat's racks behind him and stuff like that. It's kind of a corner kind of deal. He's just sitting there and he's just looking listening to me, and he, he looked like he was kind of half smiling or something. I don't know, it's not smiling, but he didn't look mad. Or, and I'm just complaining, and he goes, and he's just sitting over there, and he goes, I'd just be happy God was paying attention to me. <laughs> Talk about crumbling. Talk about, I mean, a baseball bat to a piece of pottery. I mean, I just fell apart. I was like, look at the way he's seeing it. He would just be happy that, that God was paying attention to him to do the work that needed to be done in his heart. Because that's all God was doing to me. He was just doing a work in my heart. And I was all mad. And my dad has got cancer. I'd just be happy that he was paying attention to me. That needs to be our disposition. That needs to be how we look at it. God is paying attention to me. So remember where we came from. Remember where we came from. And thank God for where we are now. That's it. Pastor, I went over a minute. <laughs> I went over a minute.